Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello, my name is Gabrielle Barnes, and I'm from the National Library Service for the Blind and Print Disabled at the Library of Congress. I'm here with Alice O'Reilly, the chief of our collections division, and today we'd like to talk about what NLS does to enhance the reader experience for our patron. Hi, Alice. Hi. Well, let's get started with something very simple. What is NLS? Okay, sure. NLS is a free library service at the Library of Congress for people who are blind, have low vision, or have a physical, perceptual, or reading disability that prevents them from reading or holding the printed page. We offer books and magazines and music material in audio and Braille. We replicate a mid-sized public library and collection content. We're interested in um, in fiction and nonfiction, all of the things that you know people would find in a regular library. Okay, and with your group within NLS, um, you make materials in Braille and audio. Mm-hmm. Um, so how does that work? Sure. Well, we started out producing Braille, and we've been doing that since 1931. And we also have been producing recorded books, audio books, or what we call talking books, since the mid-1930s, when material was actually distributed on LP records. And the technology has come a long way in the 90 years, but the basic work of selecting books, producing them in accessible format, and distributing them to patrons across the U.S. remains. So we start with the selection process, and we have a group of dedicated selection librarians who scan all of the content that's produced across the United States. We you know, work to find the things that are going to be the most meaningful to our patrons, series that are important. We really care about patron requests. We care about what the libraries want, and we work hard to kind of develop a collection that's going to tackle everybody's interests, you know, have something for everybody, which can be difficult when you're collecting on a national scale. We also catalog all of this content. We um, have a catalog where you can find information about different books, where you can find subject matters, you can search by title or author. And then we obviously produce this material in accessible format. And that can be Braille or audio. And um, then we quality assurance because we're really concerned that the material that we create for our patrons is accessible but also really functional. You know, that there's no problems with the narration, that the Braille is really legible. You know, we pride ourselves in the quality of the work that we produce. And so we want to make sure that it goes through that final quality assurance step before we make it available to our patrons, either through our BARD system, which is a download form. I think we'll talk more about that. Or even um, through the mail. That's another way that people can have access to our content. So we try to make uh, content for people regardless of their interests. We have a lot of different areas of collection, and we also try to make it um, available to patrons no matter where they are or how they receive their content. That's awesome. So happy anniversary uh, to NLS. (laughs) That's true, 90 years. (laughs) 90 years. So in the past few years, audiobooks have exploded in their popularity. Mm -hmm. So how has the popularity of digital audiobooks changed your work at NLS? Well, you're right. The the audiobook market has really boomed over the last five years, maybe, maybe more. It depends on what your definition of boom is, but there certainly has been an uptake in the commercial market for audio content. And what we've been able to do is work with a number of our commercial partners. We've developed relationships with some of these audiobook producers, and they 
they provide us that content at no charge. So what we're able to do is not use our resources to create content that already exists in the marketplace. We're able to leverage that, incorporate it into our collection, wrap it up in our DRM and make it available to our patrons um, so they can read things that are bestsellers, you know, things that are going to appear you know, in a timely release with all of the rest of the kind of commercial marketplace. But what that lets us do is then frees up all of the money that we don't have to spend narrating Stephen King's or giant, you know, John Grisham novels or something like that. And we can turn it into something that's much more kind of custom for our patrons. So that could be um, older titles, you know, that weren't on the commercial world, weren't created in audio originally. That could be titles that maybe don't lend themselves to the commercial world. So like a cookbook or maybe a poetry book or a book that, you know, traditionally if you had access to a print version, then you would want to read that in print. And so what we can do is take all of the money that we don't spend on those commercial books, put them into our much more kind of custom titles, and then expand our collection that much more. So we've been really fortunate to work with these commercial partners. They really let our budget go farther. They let us create more content and create a much more accessibly rich environment for our patrons to read in. Fantastic. So you mentioned that the NLS program is free, um, <laughs> but this is, you know, we've got a wide variety of materials. So other than the cost, how is a talking book that we get from NLS any different from a commercial audiobook? Sure. That's an interesting question, and I think it's really important to delineate the difference. While we really appreciate, like I said, the commercial content that we get, a lot of the audiobooks that are available commercially are still intended for a print reading audience. There might be some print supplements, or there might be some content that's you know added um, in, a, in a print format that's not accessible to people who are print disabled. So what we really try to do is um, make sure that the entire book, just as a first step, we try to make sure the entire book is accessible. So if it comes with additional print content, we want to make sure that we have the that content, we make it narrated, and we you know stitch it together with the commercial content so we make a completely accessible book. But other than that, we also add enhanced navigation. You know, there's a lot of flipping around that you would do in a physical book. You know, you might put a bookmark and you might, you know, go back to a certain area. And that's where the combination of our player and our books are so exciting because if you get a digital talking book player, it lets you set bookmarks. It lets you take advantage of this really enhanced navigation so that you can jump around in the book in different ways, ways that you wouldn't be able to do in a commercial audiobook. So I think that NLS really offers you the complete package of reading. It gives you the player and it gives you the book. And those two combined create that print book experience. It replicates the print book experience so that you can have the ability to set your bookmarks. You can jump around by chapter. You can, you know, really kind of dig into the way that the book is constructed. And we really make sure that that is um, created for somebody in the accessible format, which you wouldn't be able to have if you were just reading something, maybe download from Audible, which is super. It's a fantastic resource. And I think, you know, it's really working for a lot of people. But if you want to have a truly accessible experience, I think NLS is really the place to get that. And it's something that we really pride ourselves in. Another thing that um, the accessibility features that you're not going to see necessarily in a commercial book, although there's, you know, everybody is moving towards a more accessible format. I think everybody is understanding that audio is a really great place to kind of play and also to create and experiment. And so you see a lot of studios kind of expanding the work that they do. But fundamentally, you know, uh, creating an accessible book is, is unique to NLS. We have, um, we're working on graphic novels and um, ways of doing described images. And I think that's another thing that's kind of unique to the way that NLS produces is accessible content. 
is that we um, have a lot of experience in this in this sphere, in this, you know, arena of understanding, you know, what it takes to make something truly accessible, what type of information is necessary to communicate when you don't have access to either like visually seeing the pictures or maybe there's, you know, some other type of content that's that's provided to the reader only in print. So because we have 90 years of experience, but we also have a really great staff, we have really you know amazing experts that we work with to help us understand how to create accessible content, we are always coming up with new things. You know, we're always kind of like reimagining how we could do a better job, how we could make something, you know, more accessible, how people could experience it differently. And that's another exciting thing about accessibility is that it's really not one size fits all. A lot of people have different um, access points for their accessibility. You know, a lot of people might say, oh, I love a tactile graphic, and that doesn't work for some people. Some people find described images to be really helpful, and it doesn't work for other people. So what we're trying to do is create like a suite of accessibility so that everyone can have um, have a really enhanced experience, and that book comes to life like it would if it was a print book. So I think that it's the combination of NLS's 90 years of experience, our access to experts, knowing what we're doing, and also our kind of like dedication to this idea of accessibility that drives us, you know, every day to try to come up with new and better ways to do this. It's not one and done. You know, we're not done with accessibility at any point. That's always something to learn. There's always more that we can kind of do to grow our understanding of it. And, you know, we rely really heavily also on patron feedback. If people have ideas about ways that they would like to consume products differently, if there's a way that we can make a book more accessible for someone, I think it's always good to hear that feedback and contact your network library. Let them know that, you know, you have a good idea or something, and then they can send that information to the to NLS, you know, and, and it might not happen today. It might not happen tomorrow. But we're always looking for new ideas. We're always looking for ways to respond to the patrons and to understand what patrons need and want in their accessible content. Awesome. I, I, I heard you saying... <laughs> I am an evangelist for accessibility. <laughs> I care very much about this. As well you should. As well you should. I think it's it's really interesting. You mentioned um, the enhanced navigation and accessibility mm-hmm. that you use with the digital talking book machine. That's right. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how that works in the um, BARD app? Um, because... It's. Uh, I understand it's similar in mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. The, there are bookmarks and there's navigation points and things like that that um, patrons can use. Um, how do you how do you uh, you know compare the app and the um, machine when when looking at those kind of navigation points and accessibility features? Sure. Well, I think the nice thing about the app is that it's um, it came after the machine, right? So we had a really great model for what works and how to do it. And the app replicates that machine experience largely. It's got a lot of the same features visually. You know, the app looks a lot like the player. And um, it has a lot of the same functionality where you can um, store, you know, you can put your bookmarks and, and you can understand, you know, like navigate through the through the book in a, in a way that's not going to be available in a commercial content necessarily. And I think that also the interesting thing about the app is that you can do more with storage, um, which is something that, you know, the machine doesn't necessarily, the machine works with the cartridge, right? So those are, that's kind of like the pairing. But the, the app has this really great feature where you can download things to your wish list and then you can have more access to books. So if you think that you're going to be, you know, maybe offline for a while, then you can, you can access a bunch of content and then you can read it all, you know, while you're, while you're 
well, it, you can download it to your phone. So I think that the way that the app and um, and the machine work together is the app is it's adjacent. You know, it's not exactly a replication because it does have some other like more enhanced features that work with the smartphone. Um, but the machine has a really great speaker, and you know, there's lots of things that make the machine really nice to use. It's easily to discover. You know, there's a lot of really kind of um, easy to understand buttons. It'll help you like um, reorient you to the to the buttons if you ever have any question about, you know, what a different feature does. So I think the app is fantastic, especially if you um, real, are familiar with your smartphone and you feel really comfortable with it or even kind of comfortable with it. Uh, it's definitely not hard to use. I would recommend that people um, download it. It's super simple. And the nice thing is, is that you can tap straight into Bard. And um, I talked time kind of quickly about Bard at the very beginning, but um, one of the most exciting things that we offer is this kind of like instant service for people who um, who who are patrons that use our BARD system. And BARD stands for Braille and Audio Reading Download. And what that does is if you get a username and a password, then you're able to access our entire collection. It's immediately downloaded to you. It comes to you, you know, right away. You can get whatever book you want. You can search for the content. You can download it to your phone. Or if you don't use the smartphone, you can download BARD using your computer and you can put it on a cartridge. There's lots of different ways to access BARD. But the most exciting part is it's all there. And for people who... um, maybe feel like there's not as much content available to them, or it's hard to get books, or maybe they don't have like the quickest, um, I don't know, relay of idea to getting the book. Like, I thought I wanted to get this, and it's taking me forever to ha- get access to it. Bard is a great way to like minimize that wait time. Bard will let you download as many books as you want. You can download a whole series. You know, it's a really fun way to have access to and kind of prowl around the system and, you know, have that serendipitous book discovery moment. So I would recommend that people also log into Bard take a look around and, and see what's possible in BARD. You'll see that we have so much content available and it's all at your fingertips. It's not hard to get at all. Fantastic. So it's very user-friendly. Extremely. Easy to learn. Yes. And, you know, um, easy to use. And it's free. It's totally free. You exactly. don't have to do anything. Right. So so I think one of the things that um, we mentioned a little bit and uh, listeners can uh, listen out for a presentation about updates and benefits of using BARD mm-hmm. that that's going to be on another day uh, during this week. Um, but one of the things that we mentioned was that there are no fees or um, mm-hmm. any constraints that libraries may use with, you know, uh, copy constraints and things like that. Um, it's just it's a really user friendly, uh, easy to learn system. Um, and like you said, it it mimics the the machine in a way that um, allows for immediate download and immediate. Yeah, and the fun use. thing about um, Bard is that it was built for people who understand how screen readers work and assistive technology works. So um, navigating the Bard website is really simple. You're not going to have a lot of you know frustrating pop-ups. You know the way that the that the website is organized and the way that it's constructed is something that's going to work really seamlessly with the assistive technology you might have on your computer. So it's not something that's going to be frustrating or you know kind of difficult to navigate. You won't kind of get into a space where you can't do anything. Um, so there's it, it deals with tabs nicely. It really is built for our patrons. It was built by us for our patrons. And I think that that sometimes is um, it's an underrated feature, you know, to have something that works so seamlessly with a lot of the assistive technology that exists in the world and the way that people are engaging with the websites. Fantastic. Alice, we really appreciate you talking to us today. Um, I have so much more I could tell you. 
People well, will just have to contact their network libraries because they, too, have so much they could tell you. Fantastic. The other thing that people can do is to follow the National Library Service for the Blind and Print Disabled on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And if you're interested in hearing more about NLS, uh, listen in for our other presentations on our Braille e-reader pilot, uh, their future plans for content delivery, and on updates to BARD. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you.